Hello, and welcome to Smart Women Read Romance, a book review podcast where we fangirl over all things romance. I'm Juliet. And I'm Jessen. Today we'll be reviewing Dark Fever by Karen Marie Monning, the first book in her Fever series. But before we dive in, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform and please rate and review us. Jessen and I would love to hear from you, so follow us on our social media pages at SWReadRom. Join our Patreon for access to exclusive giveaways, a look behind the scenes of our episodes, and exclusive content, including monthly videos where we answer all of your burning questions. We'd like to give a few shout outs to our amazing patrons, Melina, Lexi, Danielle, Ashley, Stephanie, Justine, and Rachel. You girls rock. We love you. Woohoo! We love you. <laughs> okay, so what are we going to discuss this week? Let's do some okay, chit-chatting. Okay, so I have a couple things that I just kind of want to chit-chat about. Mm-hmm. I'm so freaking pumped. Game of Thrones did a little teaser, like an actual teaser with the air date. The air date is going to be April 14th. And the teaser was so amazing. And the family too. In Winterfell's crypt. It's so amazing because the teaser is so focused on John and John's parentage and him finding out and what's that going to mean. And I've watched it. It's only, what, 90 seconds? But... I just got so hyped about it, and it's it's amazing. And actually, I love to listen. I got you into Mm -hmm. the Binge Mode podcast where they go over every single episode in Game of Thrones. And now I've gotten Kevin into it. Like, he's into it. Yes, it's so addicting. I love Jason and Mal. I want to be their friends. Like, I would be their besties. They're freaking hilarious. They they have my heart. But (laughs) they did a breakdown, a video breakdown of the trailer. They're just like us. Yeah, it's on their Facebook. Um, Go check out the Binge Mode Facebook. They You can see them. You can see Mal get so hyped up. Is she wigging out, nerding yeah, she's out? wigging out. It's amazing. I love Mal so much. But oh. yeah, so I'm yeah, We just, can't relate at all to Yeah, any of no. That. We don't do any <laughs> of that shit. We don't what? get excited and over-enthusiastic. <laughs> We're freaking weirdos. Yeah. Nerds. So I think we'll be doing a mini-sode on Game of Thrones. Possibly two. Hell yeah. I think what our plan is before Game of Thrones. Yeah, we're going to do sort of a recap of everything up to up until right right and our predictions for the final season right right so that'll be a mini so before april 14th so the week before probably um, yeah this mini so will be five hours long <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> i'm gonna get our thoughts together it's gonna i know be... you're gonna have to edit the fuck out of this one. Oh gosh I'm, gonna I'm gonna be... i'm gonna keep us on track there's a lot of things to discuss but i will keep us on track All right. so we'll do our predictions and then i think another minisode after game of thrones officially ends yeah. to just discuss how we feel yeah. so yeah that's awesome that's what we love to do on our minisodes talk about other things besides romance books we're gonna what talk we're about nerding out about yes we're gonna talk <clears throat> about romance in game of thrones oh, so god can't I'm excited wait. about that. Oh my god. So so excited. Yeah. Um yeah, you can find out updates on our Patreon too. We also talk about that in our video chit chats. If you have not gone seen our first video chit chat, it is open to the public. You do not have to be a patron to watch it. So yeah. go ahead over there and we geek out over all things, <laughs> including Game of Thrones, also Marvel. Oh yeah, we talked about you had Marvel. A cool story. Yeah, we I talked about this a little bit in the video um on our Patreon that um Comic Con is in New Orleans every January, the Wizard World Comic Con. And my husband goes every year and he always goes and gets, you know, pictures taken with celebrities, whatever. Well this year is the first year that my oldest Son, who is um, overseas in the Navy, was not with him. So he brought his picture because they paid for a picture with John Bernthal, the Punisher, Frank Castle, right? Yeah, he's cool. 
And when they do these pictures, the photo ops, it's like so quick. It's like you walk up, hey, picture, leave. And so he was getting his comic book, his Punisher comic book autographed. And so he, when Kevin he got, was? yeah, Kevin was. Mm-hmm. So when he got up there, he's like, you know, I better just ask him and make sure it's cool. Like, cause he wanted him to hold the picture of Justin in his name right. uniform. So he gets up there and he's like, hey, you know, man, uh, look, I just wanted to ask you, you know, if this would be okay. And John Bernthal, he stepped from behind the autograph table. He's like, dude, he's like, I would be honored. I would be honor to do that he's like no what no a nice what guy he was so nice so he signed one of the punisher to justin your dad misses you you know I stay strong it. did y'all send it give to him, him hell um no john, are y'all waiting no john told um kevin that he gives that to him when he gets home so <gasps> oh, we're saving it for i love when he gets it home. a little surprise so he doesn't know at all no he does know a he picture does know. okay yeah. yeah justin got a little he was a little, he said, I got a little teary-eyed. Oh. Thanks, Dad. You know, I'm so excited about Punisher season two. It yes. looks so badass. I watched the trailer and whenever I heard that Alice in Chains song, Wood, over Girl. there. Oh, my God. It we got spent me so an entire pumped. morning discussing this on the way to work, remember? Yeah. <laughs> Back yeah. and forth. Like, we could not even. It's amazing. And <gasps> Josh Stewart, I don't know um, if you know him from anything, but. I know him mostly from Criminal Minds. He was Jennifer DeRose, love interest. And actually, he was from Louisiana. Um, his character was from Louisiana. Is and it I early love Criminal Minds? Because I watched it in the beginning, yes. but we stopped watching it yes. after a while. They went to New Orleans for a case. And it's just so funny because people try to do a Cajun accent. He, did, oh, he didn't try to do like a Cajun, Cajun accent. Yeah. It's more like Southern. Yeah. But... And they don't have Cajun accents in New Orleans, no. by the way. Hey, <laughs> they that's sound more like be, New Yorkers. <laughs> that is going to be another mini-sode. Actually, that's going to be mini-sode five, I think. What, where which? we talk about Louisiana oh, stuff. Oh, Louisiana stuff. Cajun Gras, things. All the, all the misconceptions. Yes, all that. Myths. No, yeah. we don't have alligators in our backyard. <laughs> most of us. So, anyway... <laughs> You know what I thought was really cool? Because Josh Stewart's character in that trailer, he plays this priest yeah. in The Punisher. I read an interview and he was talking about his character saying that he has a lot of internalized anger, but he hides it behind Ooh. his like religious like um, he's like a religious fanatic. Almost. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. crazy. And it kind of reminded me in Dark Fever, since this is the subject of our podcast tonight, right. it reminded me of Rocky O'Banion <gasps> and how he just like hangs up all of that religious art and he just like basically uh, Michael Corleone yeah. from yeah. The Godfather. Yeah. He just. And, I want, ooh, that's a good. Okay, we're going to come back to that conversation. Just Please bring that, that was, back up because I don't I want to say it now. I want to wait till the spoilery definitely. part. It's in our notes, so yes. I will definitely be bringing that up. Okay. But yeah, so I guess we should start actually getting into Dark Fever right, now. Right, yeah. So you guys, uh, obviously, this is Dark Fever by Karen Marie Monning. It's a single POV told by our heroine, Mac, but in a very interesting way. Not only do we get Mac's point of view in the present as the story unfolds, but Mac from a year into the future occasionally interjects with her commentary in a way that heightens the mystery of the current story. It's very interesting. You know, it's like, if I'd only known then what I know now sort of thing. And it does make you go, ooh, what does she know now? You know? So it's a really unique storytelling method that um, I didn't really fully appreciate until revisiting this book after reading Shadow Fever. 
Yeah, the fifth um, book. Yeah. KMM combines mystery, magic, and the fae of Celtic lore with an eerily beautiful and dangerous Dublin as its background. One thing is missing. The steam level of this romance is pretty non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> there is no sex and barely a kiss to be seen. Yeah. So some <laughs> listeners may be wondering, is this even a romance novel? You just said there's no <laughs> sex and barely a kiss. Yes. Yes. Yes, this book is a part of a romance series, but the relationship is on the slowest of slow burners. <laughs> yeah. Slowest of slow burners. Like, mm-hmm. trust us, it's worth it. Yeah. I promise. Or should I say Jericho Barron's is worth the wait? Yeah. She, she even beats <laughs> up Miranda Zapata in the slow burning category. Oh, gosh. But. It's amazing, though. The mystery, I think, is what really sells it. Oh, yeah. So what's the appeal of this series to a couple of self-proclaimed, sexy, loving romance enthusiasts like us? These characters, guys, man, these characters are so compelling. The transformation of Mac, our heroine, in the first book alone is something to witness. And Jericho Barron's remains an enigma that you can't help but want to know more about. There is a rhyme and reason to Karen Marie Monning's dark fever mad genius. Yes, it's... It's insane going back and reading Mm -hmm. this again. So this launching point in the Fever series introduces Dublin as ground zero of a fae apocalypse Mm -hmm. and revolves around a small town girl who just wants answers to the mysterious circumstances of her sister's death. And it'll catapult you into this world where hope strengthens and fear kills. That is a tagline of this whole series. It's awesome. And I really love that line so much. Love it. And the dark and broody tone is really balanced by the rainbow-hued personality of Michaela Lane. I love her rainbow girl personality. by Karen Marie Monty. That was really genius to bring the lightness in with that. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about our MCs. Yeah. Let's talk about the characters. So Michaela Lane, or Mac, as she prefers to be called, is a small town girl who hasn't experienced much of the world beyond the safety net of Ashford, Georgia. And she likes it that way. There are a few things that she enjoys more than catching rays by the pool, her mom's home cooking, and having the latest shade of pink nail polish. But her world is rocked when she gets a call from Dublin saying that her sister, Alina, has been found murdered. When no answers are forthcoming, Mac travels to Dublin to discover the truth. What she doesn't expect is to find out more about herself than anything else. She's a she-seer. That's Gaelic S-I-D-H-E. Yeah. Hopefully we pronounce it right. Yes. (laughs) A person who can see the fae, powerful magical beings with no sense of right or wrong, and they might be responsible for her sister's death. Then, of course, there is Jericho Barron's. (laughs) (laughs) Jericho Barron's, the enigmatic owner of Barron's Books and Baubles. I love the alliteration. Me too. And the one man who seems to have the answers to Max's questions about this crazy world of magic, fairies, and a dark book that everyone seems to be after. How far can she really trust a man who demands her help in hunting down fate objects in exchange for protection? So, Jess, yes. this is a longtime favorite series of ours. It is. It's a uniting series of ours. Yes. Any new discoveries going back to the beginning after all that has happened with the Fever series for you? Oh, yeah. I noticed right away... How well thought out and planned the first five books in the series oh, were. Yeah. I-, I agree. It's especially when juxtaposed to the attempt of a Danny O'Malley series, which comes mm-hmm. after the first five books. But let's not get into that travesty. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. Um, go there. But I can see every little breadcrumb that mm-hmm. KMM plants in Dark Fever. Mm-hmm. Some that aren't even revealed in its entirety until Shadow Fever, the fifth yeah. book. I agree. It's truly amazing writing. I 
can't get over it. And after reviewing Spell of the Highlander for the podcast and getting to know so much about Kian's background mm-hmm. from the very beginning of the book, and then getting Jericho Barron's A Complete Mystery, it was right. such just like a mind fuck for me because I was it's amazing how she switched gears mm-hmm. and it felt so right. Like it yeah. felt yeah. I wasn't mad mm-hmm. that our main hero, we basically know nothing about him at the right. end of this book. Right. We but still I don't know who, who, what, where he is. No, like what no. is going on. And I'm really surprised at the restraint that Cam M shows and her conviction in hardly revealing anything about him in the first book. I mean, that's some definite balls. I would love to have seen her outline for yes, this series. Yes, me too. It's probably detailed as fuck because yeah, it has to be. There's so much she isn't telling us about him in this book, and it's crazy. But all the hints are there. Right. Reading it, I'm like, I know that is I a know. hint. It's well, and it's crazy. so funny because when I was rereading it, I was like, wait a second, we don't even find this out yet. When do we find that out? Like all that's in later books, and I was right. like, but it's so compelling. The it storytelling is. is so compelling. It it's is. like this is really just a little introduction into the world oh yeah definitely just you know the surface ripples are there we didn't even dive deep into this so if you have not read this we are moving into the spoiler section now if you like paranormal (laughs) you need to go grab this such a great story so we're moving into the spoiler sections last warning Okay, so now we're into our spoilery part, Jessen. Let's do showdown first, baby. Yes, showdown. Who's okay. going to go first? I'm going to let you go first. Okay, I will do my showdown scene. So for, I had actually two that I was debating <laughs> we about. Always do this. <laughs> I always like to have a backup just in case I don't want us to have the same scenes. Right. Um, but I like, there's two scenes, but I think I'm going to pick one scene. So at the end of the book, they go to 1247 LaRue, which okay, is so no, oh, so it's not, not the same. same. No. Okay, so they go to this address that Alina had carved into uh, the sidewalk, and mm-hmm. Matt discovers this at the end of the book. Right, she goes by herself, she discovers um, this, um, it's basically a portal that Faye are coming into the world, mm-hmm. and she's hiding, and she gets caught out. Well. She sees the Lord and Master, and she's actually pretty badass at this moment. Yes. Baron drops in, and they're fighting off Faye. She has the spear, mm-hmm. and there's this moment where she says that something just clicks in her, and mm-hmm. she is just moving on instinct, and she feels good, and she feels like she's feeling this like is her right. innate power or right, something. Right, exactly. Yeah. And there's a moment whenever she glimpses barons looking at her like what the fuck like totally stunned at what she's doing yeah what she's capable of yeah because the whole novel he's harping on her like wake the fuck up you're weak you're little like you're you're, not gonna survive if you act like this you need to open your eyes Mm -hmm. and so i really love that moment because it's a real it's a real glimpse into where she's going throughout the rest of the series and it's I like that she's surprising Barons this early on. Mm-hmm. And this pretty much foreshadows what their relationship is going to be like. Mac pulling out this inner strength and surprising Barons over yeah. and over and over yeah. again. And I loved it because that I think it was like the first I, moment where he truly, truly saw her. You and know? I think he falls a little bit each time. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't want to be pulled to her because... No. She's soft she's and... She's a little rainbow girl. Yes, and just naive and he's worldly and... Mm-hmm. Doesn't have time for this bullshit, but right here he's like, yeah. Okay, that is a badass scene. So, okay. what is your show? Okay, I like scene? it. Okay, so mine is the towards the end as well, but it's much softer. 
It is when she convinces him to paint her, her nails. nails. Oh, I love that scene. <laughs> she's been she's been all battered and bruised and, at and the end of the fight. At the, at the, after the fight, yes, it's yes, after the fight, and she comes home and he recounts all of her broken bones, all of her injuries. I've taken care of you. So, and she's thinking, oh yeah, you've taken care of me because I can't help you or whatever. But then. This scene where she convinces him to paint her nail and she describes him hunched over this big giant man looking mm-hmm. like a Roman centurion. Yeah. <laughs> painting her nails pink. It is a quiet moment. And like, if he, he, if he, he was, didn't if have he to didn't, do that. Exactly. If he was Mr. Big Tough Barons, would he really be, and didn't care about her, would he really be painting her nails? I do like that scene too. Yeah. That's so. a good one. Okay. All right, good, good one. Whoop. Okay. So let's go straight into the breakdown. Okay. Here Jump we go. into spoilery yes. scenes. We're going to start deep diving right now. Okay. Quickly. All right, so the prologue, um, we have <laughs> Future Mac tells us right off the bat that the Fae exists. She is a she-seer. And there's a war going on between two factions, the Seely and the Unseely oh, yeah. of the Fae. The big players. Right. The biggest takeaway is that from this is that the Unseely may be worse than the Seely, but the only good Fae is a dead Fae. Yeah. So, this is Future Mac's. Yes, this is Future Mac's assertion. She's gone through a which lot. Is, mm-hmm, which she's learned. Okay, so... I'm just, I just wanted to throw this out there. Did It's amazing going back and reading this. From book one to book five, do you know what the timeline is? No. It is one year from book one to book five. Only a year passes wow. and so much fucking happens. It's crazy. And so this future book Mac, is like two weeks or three weeks yes, or something. This it's book, like nothing. Surpa- this book only goes through a timeline of two weeks and yeah. so much fucking happens. It's so it's... I think her transformation is even more astonishing once mm-hmm. you figure out that that's the timeline. Right. So anyway, I thought that that was just cool rereading it. That is cool. So <laughs> this is Mac before Alina's death. She's from Ashford, Georgia, a very small town. <laughs> she has two loving parents, wonderful sister who's studying abroad at Trinity College in Dublin. She doesn't really have a direction in life. She likes life simple. She just likes it that way. Mm-hmm. She wants to go to a community college. Girl. Yeah, community college. She doesn't mm-hmm. really know what she wants to do. She works as a bartender and she likes upbeat music, yeah. a great tan, pink nail polish. She's <laughs> almost vapid in the way that I do not like my heroines. Right. But this is her story. And Karen Marie Monning writes these, this character so well. It's so relatable because. She is she's thrust into this world and yeah. she's forced to look at herself and be like, okay, I yeah. can't just lie around and just right. And Baron's calls her like this Barbie all the time, and she here she yeah. is. She is this little vapid yes. Barbie girl. She's, living her she's Barbie a little world, bit spoiled. You know? Yeah, she's a little bit spoiled. Exactly. She's had a great family life. Her mom yeah. is amazing, and she's just been in her little bubble. She very really hasn't traveled anywhere. Sheltered, she's yeah. not worldly or anything. Exactly. So. I thought this was also hilarious to read about a blast from the past reference to an iPod. <laughs> yes. An iPod. Like <laughs> an iPod? Yes. Yeah. So this book was published in 2006. Yeah. And like thinking about it. Let me go talk it, to my friends on MySpace. Yes. Like- <laughs> it's so funny. And I was just, I just thought it was hilarious that yeah. her iPod was on its dock. And I'm like, I know. Oh, little dated iPods. it. But that's cool. Yeah, it does. So she gets a call from Dublin saying that her sister was murdered. And in yeah. two weeks, two weeks, the case was considered 
cold. Mm-hmm. Mac is like not fucking having that. She wants answers. She decides to travel to Dublin herself to search for clues, even though her mother forbids her to go. Her mother is just like so distraught at Alina's death, and she's like, right. "No, you're not going. Don't go back there." Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone just seems to accept the fact that there are no answers to be found. But Mac wants answers. Yeah, this she rocks wants- her world. Yes, her, she loved her sister so dearly. Dearly. Yeah, they're very and, close. Right, they were very close, and then all of a sudden she's gone, and nobody cares, and nobody's doing anything. Yeah. So. Immediately, she's like, you know, this is and this is a life, obviously a life transforming moment, Mm -hmm. you know, for anybody. And so I think it's really interesting that we have this pretty little Barbie and suddenly there's this death you know, of someone yes. she loves so much. And so that immediately changes her. Turning point. Right. Yeah. She wants justice. She wants revenge. Like, right. she is out for blood. So she buys a new phone because a couple of days before Alina's death, she had dropped her phone in the pool. And right. so, and she just never got around to replacing it because mm-hmm. she's happy-go-lucky. She goes with the flow and it wasn't really important to her. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she gets a new phone and she hears a voice message from Alina. Can before you imagine she died. your I, dead sister? And she, she goes over and over in her mind. She's like, I missed the last chance to talk to her before she died. Because my phone fell in the damn pool. And she didn't replace it. So right. the message, very interestingly, <sighs> and I cut a c- couple parts out just to make it more concise. Right. Everything has gone wrong. I thought I was in love with him and he's one of them. There's so much you don't know. You don't even know what you are. Listen to me. We've got to find the she sadu. Everything depends on it. We can't let them have it. That's just like this yeah. cryptic message. Hello. Mac's like, what, what the, the fuck? Hell? I don't even know what she's talking about. She even says Mac that had a clue must have died whenever Alina did because this Mac obviously didn't know the first thing about her sister. Right. So this is also rocking her world. Not only is her sister dead, but apparently shit's happened in right. the four or five months that Alina's been in Dublin that she had no idea. She talked to Alina on the phone. She's never, she mentioned, never mentioned anything. She never mentioned a boyfriend or anything Nothing. or anything unusual And all of a sudden she's in love and what? What's going on? I know. Okay, so she hightails her ass over to Dublin. Yeah, she's right? like, let me get to she's the bottom like, of this. She's like, you know, she leaves, she leaves our little shelter world and gets over there. And we're there pretty quickly in the mm-hmm. story. This is all within the first chapter or so. So um, she stops in a pub <laughs> and sees an impossibly beautiful man uh, filching a bottle of whiskey and nobody notices. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is like, as she's staring at him, she senses that his beauty is an illusion. It's some sort of mask for decay she can't quite describe it it's just a right. feeling it's like our first hints that something's something going is on she's getting like her tingly spidey sense is starting to work yeah <laughs> and she's just staring and eyeballing this mm-hmm. dude right and so the, this old woman coming like wraps her on the head saying that mac is going to jeopardize them all with the way she's staring at him and she name drops she says that uh, day uh, it's, it's short for the Dwaha day donan you know yeah. um and calls her an o'connor and she's like what the fuck my name isn't o'connor and what are you talking about (laughs) using these weird words okay so she goes and visits alina's apartment her sister and it looks ransacked um but she can't handle it at this point her grief is just too too much too fresh and so she walks right Right. back out so she doesn't spend any time there she leaves um and she just spends the day searching for the term Alina mentioned in her message, the she sadu. She, you know, looks on the computers. She keeps coming up empty because Gaelic spellings are a <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. Try, trying to spell out, spell it out yeah. phonetically is like yeah. you're she not. She is not spelled. You're missing a she ton. You're, you're missing a ton of consonants that are completely silent. Yeah. Don't make sense. Just like the Tawaha Day. Look up that pronunciation, people. <laughs> 
Uh, so, but she does find out that the Tuaha Day, because she talks to a couple of uh, local dudes. Um, and yeah. they're like, oh, you're talking about the fairies. Yeah, we little fairies. The wee little fairies. <laughs> That's what you're talking about. You know, they're just some drunk dudes at uh, a bar or whatever. Yeah. Um, so she dismisses the old woman as crazy. And then, of course, she keeps wandering. So she leaves that pub and she gets, <laughs> gets lost in the fog. Okay. Yeah, she was thinking, you know, whatever. She's just thinking and like trying to figure everything out. Right. You know? And you ever had, have you ever experienced whenever you're driving oh, in a car yes. and then all of a sudden you're in a section of the road where you're like, I yeah. think I just just like checked out the last 20 minutes of I, driving. How did I get here? I do this way too often. <laughs> I do too. I I'm like, I'm oh, just I'm daydreaming about it's usually romance books yeah. too. So and, that's what uh, happens. She just gets all of she a sudden she lost. finds herself she's thinking lost in and the she's fog. just lost. Right. And so, and then she kind of finds herself sort of a dilapidated area it's very dark there's no mm-hmm. street lights yes. eventually we this will be called the dark zone and she ends up she sees some small lights on at this little bookstore so she needs to call a cab because she doesn't even uh yeah she's so relieved she's like oh that this like this well-lit bookstore cute little bookstore yes. baron's books and baubles <laughs> <laughs> and if that isn't faded come on and so she Amazing. pops in there um and so there's a woman behind the counter. Her name's Fiona, who we meet for the first time here. <laughs> Lots to say about her later. And she asks her, what does the Shisa do? Okay. And she gets this immediate reaction from Fiona. This oh, like yeah. shocked. First reaction she's ever had to this word. Yes. It, like it's it's an, a look of alarm. And like, oh, yeah. you don't want to know anything about that yeah. sort of thing. And then all of a sudden she hears this very deep voice behind her basically asking, you know, <laughs> what do you want to know want? about this? What do you want to know about the Shisa yeah. do? Okay, so Jericho Barons, we see him for the first time. Mac immediately goes on the defensive when he starts to question her because he asks a bunch of questions. Oh, yeah. Where have you heard this before? Yeah, what's Why your do full you name? Know? Who are you? Where are you from? Are you like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Who are you? His <laughs> it presence was funny. is amazing. Oh, though. my God. The, re- the way she describes his presence in all things, charged energy and all the stuff, like she even says, the room had been full of books before. Now it was full of him. It was just yeah, like his presence buddy. is large and in charge it is all encompassing <laughs> jericho barons is like the alpha oh god he's so alpha it's insane i know so obviously he knows what the word means yeah. but they both don't want to give up their information so yeah. mac just leaves the cab gets there and she's like fucking peace out like yeah, i'm not like, letting you know anything bunch of weirdos. i don't trust you <laughs> yeah which is good i like that she's like i, yeah. don't, I don't know you and yeah. i'm not gonna give you information i'm glad yeah i'm glad we didn't get this typical oh let me spill my whole story to right, you exactly. and you can help like, me oh, <laughs> no i like her the antagonistic relationship Mm-hmm. between her and barons she just she senses something it. about him doesn't trust it and i'm yeah i, I, I like that yeah she's she's but, not quite an idiot <laughs> yeah but barons appears at her, her hotel room at 2 a.m and wants to exchange information like <laughs> what the fuck dude he yeah. is intense and circles her so that his back is never to the door which is yeah. like this is something you notice about Barons throughout yeah. the rest of the series. Like he will never be in the vulnerable position. No. He is trained like that. It's yes. awesome. I love I love these little tells. Me too. So he tells Mac, he he gives up a little bit of information. He tells her how to spell the she do. <laughs> so yeah. And also tells her just go home, Miss Lane. Be young, be pretty, get married, have babies, grow old with your pretty husband. Oh god, it was so condescending. And that stings Mac. But she stands her ground. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck no. I didn't. I know you did not say <laughs> you that. You did not. <laughs> no. Yeah. And he tells her that it's a book and that countless people would kill to possess it. And Max like, 
people for killing to possess book? a book. Yeah, like what the fuck? What anyway, the hell? so she in turn uh, gives him some information, tells him about Alina's murder. That's uh-huh. why she's here, right? And eventually plays him the message because she didn't want to give this to him, but she does play it because she wants to watch his face and decide if he had anything to do with her murder. Right, I right, thought that was so right. smart. She's look I love his reaction that. and observe. Yes. Is this, can she tell if he's been involved in some way? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that. Yeah. So before he leaves, he puts Mac in an unbreakable hold oh, and insists she goes home. He moves like lightning fast and calls her a walking victim. I, I love in that part because she had left the door open so mm-hmm. she would be safe. And she said she realized then that leaving the door open, like... It was like a placebo. Yeah. Like, so she was make, never safe Yeah, with him, no, never. Ever. He was always in charge and always she in was control. not. Yes, exactly. So the next day she visits the college that Alina was going to right. and Trinity College finds out that her sister rarely came to class after the first few months in Dublin and that she had a boyfriend but they never yeah. saw him and, and this is not, not typical of right. Alina at all she's studious she loves mm-hmm. she loves school so Mac is just so confused about the person that her sister a, is right alarm bells have to be going off like, oh yeah i didn't even sense any of this going on with my sister you and know? she kind of blames she's like was i not paying attention right. was there something in her voice I should annoying? i ask more questions mm-hmm. and it's just i couldn't even imagine that like, i can't either it's looking in hindsight the what emotion that is just woven through that mm-hmm. relationship even though i you know obviously the sister's no not in any of the scenes but it's it's so good. It is it's good. It's so good. So she does research the spelling now that she has the correct spelling for the she said do. And it tells her it's a dark hollow belonging to the mythical race of the Fae and is one of four dark hollows. Mm-hmm. The mirror from Spell of the Highlander is another. Yes. And we reviewed that in episode we four. About that. Right. right, exactly. So that we've already seen a dark hollow if you've um, listened to our Spell of the Highlander episode. We also find out that there's also four light hollows, mm-hmm. and one makes its appearance in this book. There is a throwaway line, which I love so much. It's like Karen Marie Monning is just like, she's so cheeky. <laughs> Max says she's thinking about um, all this like woo-woo magical stuff and yeah. how her and Alina don't believe in that. Right. And she says, give me creature comforts over a hulking Highlander with the manners of a caveman any day. <laughs> which is hilarious because Karen Marie Monning's Highlander series all about all cavemen. the cavemen Highlanders. Highlanders. It's great. Throwing, I love like, it. Literally throwing them over their shoulders and carrying them off yes. in many scenes. So <laughs> Karen Marie Monning's being a little bit cheeky and I, bet, I like it. I think it's awesome. Well, awesome. Ma- Mac's reaction to this information is that Baron's fucking lied to her. Yes. Like this this yes. is stupid. This is mythology. This is make believe. Yeah, and this she is, is yeah, this, yeah, pissed. Like, right, exactly. This is mythology. So she is pissed off. So she heads back to uh the bookstore, bangs on the door, and she hears Baron's voice in the night behind her. Okay, and she, so she kind of turns around. She thinks he's like, there's this shadow. You know, she can't quite see who it is, what it is. But she talks to the shadow a little bit like, what the hell are you talking about? And she's staring at a shadow. But whenever he appears. Yeah, he's, he's right not beside the her. shadow. Yeah. She looks back and like the shadow's still there. Oh, shit. Yes. What the hell? So something eerie is going Something's on. Something's going on. So again, she's getting all the creepy feels. But Baron wants to know what she saw. But of course, Mac is not trusting. No. <laughs> she never gives up her information. And I think that's what I love about Mac. I know. Is she's like, I'm not giving up any information for free. 
You're yeah. gonna. It's gonna have to be an even exchange. This is, and this is when he like he threatens her. Like, oh yeah, sort of physically crowds or restrains her. Yeah, and the hand on the neck, that and... hand on the throat. Yeah, he has his hand in her hair and his hand on her throat. Oh it yeah, is so primitive, predatory. Yeah, he also. This is the first time he his eyes drop a little bit, like over her face and down her body a little bit. Yeah, because Mac Mac is blessed in the boobage department. Yeah, she's so she's quite. She's he, quite blessed. <laughs> yeah. And so he you definitely know, runs his eyes over them. And you know, she's like the girls. As if. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> um, so she she tells him about the shadows. And then um and then she tells him about the beautiful man she saw at the pub, you know, and uh he tells her what she is. She this is the first time she finds out you're a she seer. You know, you you're able to see the Fae. Right. You can see them where other people cannot. And um, so he offers to help her, but she refuses. She's still like, because what? she's untrained. He's yeah. like, I never thought that there was one like you out yeah, there. Yeah, he's like, and I didn't untrained. know there would be another one out there. He's Who's like, you not must trained. Have, yeah, and he's like, you must have been lived in some remote provincial yes. no place, which of course and she's she did. Like, yeah, this I little did. bitty town <laughs> in southern Georgia, you know. <laughs> so there were no Fay over there wandering nope. about yeah. the streets. So, I like how Mac refuses because she's like, why should I trust this person who yeah. literally like threw me against a wall and yeah, you're like is threatening, threatening me. like, dude, yeah. you know, she's not that. I mean, she's <sighs> he's not giving her any reason to really trust him. Exactly. You know, you know giving her little tidbits of information. You yeah. know, it's not enough. No. Um, OK, so then she refu- she leaves. Right. But then she sees, okay, she sees the gray man. She's like in another pub. She sees who we'll learn is called the gray man who sucks the beauty from a woman and pretends like she can't. But she pretends she can't see his true form. Like she's staring at him and he's like this beautiful blonde god. And then all of a sudden he shifts. Yeah. They have a glamour. Right. They can. um, This illusion. they They have an illusion to project an image that they're normal. Right. That they're normal but insanely beautiful right. person. But Max, and she's a she-seer, she can see beyond the glamour, right. especially now that she knows. Like, and now she's opening she knows up that they're dangerous. World. She's like, oh, my God, I have to pretend I don't see him. He's disgusting. She just talks about how disgusting he is, and he's literally sucking the life out of this right. woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what does she do? She runs back to the bookstore. Yeah. Because she's finally starting to believe. This is where Baron starts kind of, like, challenging her. Yeah. He's like, what are you, Miss Lane, a survivor or a victim? You know, and he's willing to make her into a survivor to help her, to train her, to, you know, help her survive this world. But she's still like, you know, just being defiant. She's She's very stubborn. stubborn. She's distrustful. She's like. But she has reason to be, which is why I don't mind her being stubborn. I don't either. Since since it's first person POV, you really get a sense of what's going on, what's going through her mind. It's all believable. Like she's been thrust into this world. Everybody's being total asshat to her. Yes. You know what I mean? Like how how else are you going to. Yeah, she's here to find her yes. sister's murderer, and then all of a sudden there's these, like, fairies and shit, and she's like, like what we, the fuck? I know. Like, it's just a lot to fucking process. And, and then, then I want to trust this dude, yeah. Mr. Dark and Deadly over here with blood on his hands? Yeah. What? No, no. <laughs> so he tells Mac that the Seelie were the ones who had been permitted into our realm, but now the Unseelie, the bad guys, are making their way here. That The Gray Man is one of them. Yeah. He also tells her that the Queen is missing. Which okay. is Avil, and we see her yes. in Spell of the Highlander. Yes. So we've met her before. You get her in all of the Highlander books. Basically, she makes an appearance. Right. So Mac is still in denial. Um, he gives her a crash course in, like, fey terms. Yeah, like glamour, all that yes. type oh, of stuff. Right. 
and the shades, which is the shadows that she was actually seeing whenever she thought it was barons. Right. Who, like, travel through the dark zone. Right. And he says that the true vision runs in bloodlines, and Alina, his sister, must have had it, too, and been killed by a fae that she had seen. Which makes total sense, right. honestly. Right. Like, that. So now she's like, that. okay, because she, she knew that there was something menacing about that creature, the gray man. Right. Like, obviously. Exactly. You know. So... She returns to Alina's apartment to search for her journal because mm-hmm. Bo- Alina, whenever she was at home, she kept these detailed journals about right. everything that happened in her life. And Max, like, I need to find this journal. She she would have written about this stuff. Right. And maybe there's some clues to her murderer. So she mm-hmm. goes and she's on the way to the apartment and she crashes into an unsealing. <laughs> like, this creepy. is a big deal because whenever the unsealing, sealy, fae, any fae in general, right. whenever the fae project a glamour, People who are not she-seers just kind of move around them, you yeah, know? Yeah, they instinctually move around them, but they, they don't never they see them. They touch them. They never They don't see touch them, them and they, they're not aware of them. Right. But since she is a she-seer, that glamour doesn't work on her, and so mm-hmm. she runs into them. That's a big deal. It's, it's basically like, oh, a so dead sorry. giveaway. Yeah, she's like, oh, so sorry. It's and a then dead she giveaway it. that she is a she-seer. Yeah. And she's in trouble, and she can see the look on his face. And oh, and he's the next time we see, the next time we see her, she is going through BB&B again. <laughs> Like she always like bat out of hell. <laughs> and Barons is like, what the fuck happened now? And yeah. so she recounts it. And he is like, well, how how did you escape? And she was like, I don't know. I just kind of, he just froze and I left. And he's like, haha, tell me what really yeah, happened. He's like confused and froze. Well, Fiona, Fiona is listening in and Fiona's like, come on, you know what this is. Like, and he was like, well, no, a null. It's a that's, myth. That's a myth, a null. Yeah. So. Mac is a null. She has this yeah. powers where her touch, whenever she touches purposefully a yeah. fae, she can freeze them for an amount of time. So mm-hmm. that's how she was able to get away. It's awesome. Good thing. So Barons insists that now she has to stay at <laughs> Barons Books and Baubles and change her hair because then Celie will be looking for her now because they hunt she sears. Yeah. And when she goes downstairs after cutting her long blonde hair off and dyeing mm-hmm. it dark, she feels nauseous while she's going downstairs. Yeah. And whenever she approaches Barons, who's just, like, sitting on the couch with yeah, papers little... scattered mm-hmm. on the tab- table, she's, like, dry heaving. Well, apparently she can sense the dark book. And this, she's just become <laughs> very useful to Barons. I know. She can sense the thing that he's after the most. Yes. She can actually sense anything that's fey, And this makes her believe... Barons is also a she-seer because he can also see the fae and he knows so right. much about it, too. And he also says a lot of things when he's like, oh, you'll get over it. The nausea, it'll go away. Yeah, like, so he he's very knowledgeable like that. and that's right. that's an easy that's an easy assumption to make. Mm-hmm. Barons takes her to a few big players to find out if they have <laughs> the dark book or any other O-O-P-S, as Matt calls them, oops. I love yeah. saying that. They're objects of <laughs> objects power. Objects of power. Objects oops. of power. <laughs> and so they visit these big players in the Dublin area. Mm-hmm. There's a brief mention of Lucas, Lucan Trevane's collection from Spell yes. of the Highlander. Barons had wanted something from his collection. Maybe the Dark Mirror? I don't yeah, know. I, that's what I was thinking. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he wanted to use Kian's knowledge of something. Yeah. So, okay, so how do you pronounce the guy who is the vampire? Okay, I said Maluke. Maluke? Okay, I... Because it has a little accent at the end. It I, does. It does have have an accent on the E. I just started calling him Malice because he's full of Malice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just how I say it now in my head. So anyway, um, they go to his house and he's like... 
Barons does say he's supposedly a vampire, and Mac yeah. does witness him like throw a guy across the room. So she's like, "Well, I mean, I don't know yeah. if he is or not, but that's but like that, that normal requires strength." <laughs> she, I love this scene because whenever they're leaving, and Barons is like, "We're gonna have to come back and search this whole ground, this whole area because mm-hmm. it like it's so many acres," and she's like. Um, I totally picked this up. She basically like, swipes no, something. I got something. She swipes something from underneath Malice's eyes, yeah. and it happens to be one of the four stones needed to read the dark book. Yeah. And Barons also Barons has another has one. one. And so, hey, yes. Max, Mac, uh, she she has some good. And skills. I like that too because it was because it surprised Barons. He was like, oh, yeah, shit. like oh shit. Awesome. You're resourceful a little bit. I'll but then he's like, but you props. just you just outed yourself and now they're going to know, you know, and she's like, yeah. dude, like, give me some credit, you yeah. know. So this is the first rainbow girl yes. mentioned because she is wearing a rainbow skirt. And yeah. I just love Calls it. Calls her Miss Rainbow. Yes, 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 yes. The next day, she has a first run in with Valene, oh, prince Valaine. of the Sealy Court. He is a death by sex fae. This is mm-hmm. what she labels this cast of fae. <laughs> death by death sex. by sex. Because yep. whenever these type of fae are in the vicinity, these high, like basically consider them royalty. Mm-hmm. They just make you want to have sex. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like she's it's like, like walking down the street erotic... and she wants to lift up her shirt. Like yeah, it's she's just like, like she keeps trying. What am I doing? Yeah, she, she keeps, like, describes putting... it as immolation by orgasm. Like th- yeah. this is what she's. It's like involuntary. <laughs> well, he knows who Mac's it. Who Mac is? Yes. He's aware of her presence. Yes. Asks, and he asks Mac to find the dark book on behalf of Avil. Mm-hmm. He also offers her the cuff of Cruz so that she can contact him but, and, and protect her. He yeah, said. and protect her. Yes. and Mac. Ever the skeptic, and this is so awesome. Like, if mm-hmm. she would have just accepted this, I'd have been like, "Oh my god, girl, girl!" Then she would have been in the too stupid to live category. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> yeah, she's like, "What's the catch?" And he's like, "No catch." And she's like, "No, I don't believe you." Yeah. So she You're refuses. A liar. She refuses. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Mac. Right. So she, um, so that was her first experience with Valene. She heads back to the bookstore. She overhears Barons and Fiona, um, talking oh, in yeah, the bookstore one night. Yeah. She's like coming down the stairs or whatever, and she hears this conversation between them. It's very heated on Fiona's side. He's very calm, mm-hmm. but she is Fiona. angry. And she says, she doesn't belong here. You can't let her stay. I won't stand for it. <laughs> and Barons is like, you dare to tell me what to do? Like, yeah. seriously? Um, and so he ends up telling her, you stay out of this or leave. I'm sure I can find another to serve my needs. Uh, you know, and so we know that she fi- is, she is Fiona's his booty so, call. Oh, yeah. She's so put out about that. She's like, serve your needs. You know, is the, that what she's I like, do? Okay, I am jealous. I am. She oh, even God, admits Fiona. her jealousy. And he's like, I'll have none of it. He's like, you know, you, you've known all along yeah, what this the was. The status quo. Yeah. I'm, this is not a Yeah. Don't, don't build me up in your mind yes. to be something that I'm not. I love that too. It, I yeah. love when he, he warns her not to do that mm-hmm. because later <laughs> in other books, he's very different with, you know, the one he loves. Right. So, uh, so obviously it sounds like she's in love with Barons and she seems to be, and he could just take her leave or like find a replacement. I don't care. Right. And then Barons uses voice for the first time on Fiona, which is this, this controlling is only, power. This is, this is something that you would catch if you've read the Highlander books. Right. Because they use voice. Voice is used by the Adam Druids. Black. Voice is used by the Kelter brothers mm-hmm. and also by Kean. So yeah. it's not explicitly stated that he is using voice, but you can tell because Mac says that 
Fiona's voice in response Her changes. It becomes it's like very becomes dreamy, and all of a sudden she's like very accepting, compliant. Yes. yes, extremely compliant. Like whatever you so say. So I Darren's. love that. I love that she doesn't spell it out, but that's what he's doing. He's right. using voice on her. Right. Yeah. It's, it's never said because then Mac doesn't even know what that is. No. At this, you know, she's obviously still struggling with her. She's here status. Yeah. Um. She starts thinking about that old woman. Um, who said, uh, you know, about, you know, honor your bloodline and all these like weird, crazy things. Yeah, at it's the such time. a weird statement. You're like, what are you her? talking about? You know, um, but because she's confused because her parents don't have this ability. She's like, my parents, they don't. What is she talking about? Yeah. You know, so she starts thinking that maybe Alina was a null too. And a fate tricked her into thinking she was in love. And maybe that's how this all happened. And she just fell down this right. rabbit hole of so doom. Th- there's just you know? a lot of thoughts going through her mind. Like right. what? She's trying to piece together this information. Right. And trying to see what happened to Alina. That's her main focus in all of this. Right. So our next visit visit that yeah. um, Barons takes her on is to see Rocky O'Banion, the Irish Catholic mobster. Oh, yeah. His description is, like, really interesting. It is like so... It's, like, frightening. Sinister. Yes. And... But also she said he just exudes like sexual charisma. Like you would want to talk if he asked you to talk to him or bring you hither, he would you would just want to. You yes. know, he's like that kind of compelling person. And she even says, from the way he was trying to pave his way to heaven by plastering over his sins with a putty of religious zeal, he was also a borderline psychopath. Yeah, because she said that about him. The rumors about him is that he'd like wiped out whole families of yes. like other rival yes. gangs and then all of a sudden yeah, he just mafia. popped up. He just popped up and he was ready to take control of all right. of Dublin. And right. so in in his in his um mansion they just have all of these religious icons this artwork right the, these priceless artifacts from um you know his catholic upbringing and she's like this guy is a psycho he has so much blood yeah. on his hands but he's so religious <laughs> yeah and he also uh i mean mac also notices that barons is acting a little different around him um, laughing in a very general sort of, you know, sort of a good mood, playful. He's not as like, oh, well, that's because Mac is wearing that dress <sighs> that, that Fiona, dress. Fiona had, had gotten her, her dress. And it's very cleavage revealing. Barron had said, <laughs> you know, he wants Mac to wear grown up clothes yeah, because she dressed doesn't, like a woman. She doesn't yeah, dress. He says. I would say that her style would probably be like conservative Southern. Yeah. And um, she likes pretty things. Very, and very feminine, like, very soft fin- yes. feminine. And so this but is like Barron's hangs tight, out with like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is this tight black dress. And Mac is like has to like hold her boobs whenever He's like driving on yeah, like the like bumps, bouncing they're like all over jiggling the or whatever, and so that's a big reason why Barons is acting different. And that's- yeah, and I did like the part when he starts when uh, Obanian gets a little interested in her. Oh yeah, and he asks, "Is she Catholic?" And he goes, "No, she's Protestant, but she is Catholic." Yeah, Max says that's a lie, but I didn't bother correcting him because yeah. I don't want I don't want Brocky Obanian to the turn fact my that, way. But the fact that Baron said it immediately was he does not want him to have any interest in Possessive. his woman. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, She does detect an object of power, one of the oops, while they're there. I love it. She, like, acts like she trips over the threshold and says, oops, to, like, tell Baron. Like, there is an object of power somewhere here. Yep. So they go back later that night. They crawl through, like, I don't know, sewers and all kinds of crazy stuff. And they get the Spear of Longinus. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. I think Longinus. I it, it has to be, like, some Longinus? sort of Latinus. Yeah, it's Latin obviously Latin. Because they said Baron's tells her that. or something. Yeah. 
But it's actually a light hallow and a weapon that can kill all fae. <gasps> we find that weapon. it was, yeah, it was, it was actually also the spear that, you know, was pierced into Jesus upon his death. But that it, I like her reaction that, to that information. She's like, <laughs> she's like, this killed Jesus? This killed Jesus? He's like, he was already dead. <laughs> Like, she's like, I'm not that religious, but I immediately wanted to like throw the spear out and run to a church and pray. Right, <laughs> and right. It was, it was a really funny scene. But um, find out that it was a, a light hallow before that. It had power before that yeah. even. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he reveals to her that the weapon is for her. You know, Barons has gotten it for yep. her to protect her. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he wants her to like carry it around with her all the time. He's yes. like, find a way to make it compact and yes. you carry that because it can it can kill Faye right. and you need you need this protection. Right. The problem is as soon as they lift it, Barons knows they've triggered alarms. They oh, yeah. hightail it out of there. But when they're exiting the area, a cop sees them and sees their faces. Right. So and he knows he's on be... the payroll of Rocky. Yes. yes. So oh, the cops they're gonna the get payroll. reported. Right. So when they get back, Barons turns off all exterior lights of the bookstore and he's like, he tells her, go to your room. Do not so come out. So this is the layout of the bookstore. Yeah. It's on the edge of the dark zone. Right. The dark One zone side the dark are zone. these like abandoned streets. Nobody goes there. They're forgotten streets in they're Dublin. They're disappearing off maps. Right. Exactly. And they're owned by the shades. Right. The shades don't like light. So Barons books and baubles all around the exterior of the building are floodlights. Mm-hmm. And so they don't come to Barron's. It's like right. Barron's Books and Baubles is like the last fortress mm-hmm. between the dark zone and the regular world. And so whenever they go back, he turns those lights off. I know. I love it. It's, it's so good. So simple. It's so simple and so effective. It's awesome. Amazing. But the, so, and the shades don't bother Barons. The shades so, don't bother Barons, but yeah. whenever Rocky and Coking get the spear, they <laughs> all freaking die. Yeah, there's like 13 or 16 and of them or something. Barons didn't even have to lift a finger. Nope. And so whenever Mac finds out that how That's dangerous the shades actually are she yeah the next day when she sees like all these piles of clothes where yes, men were men, stood like open the doors <laughs> of the car are like open you know whenever right. you leave your car door open it like dings. and you can hear like the little ding ding yes ding. exactly yeah. there's like a Maybach and she's like what the fuck like obviously yeah. nobody would just leave these cars they're all dead and she's like i'm buying a lot of flashlights to carry around and stash around the bookstore which is an important thing that happens yes. in later books yes like good job mac I know. So Barons wants her to look for um, oops at the museum because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If any, if they would be anywhere, it'd be a museum, right? So anyway, she um, slips up while they're talking, <laughs> and because he's like telling her to be careful, or whatever, and she mm-hmm. slips up and says that all fair monsters, even the pretty ones, but she doesn't tell Barons about Vlaine because he keeps secrets. So he's, <laughs> I thought he was like, "What do you mean?" Yeah. What do you mean the pretty ones? I thought she said he'd only seen the ugly ones. Yeah. What do you mean? So she doesn't give up all her information. She's like, no, he keeps secrets. I'm not telling him everything Mm -hmm. either. Max says that this new fey world seems hell-bent on trying to kill her, which I'm like, yep, pretty much. Baron's response is amazing. He says, I don't think you understand, Miss Lane. I won't let it kill you no matter what. It's so telling. (sighs) So telling. It's not just because she can detect the dark book. It's not just that. And yeah. the subtlety, nothing spelled out very clearly. Yeah. But yeah, he's definitely, she's intriguing at the moment. 
So Blaine appears at the museum and she like starts taking off her clothes mm-hmm. and he like almost rapes her, which is horrible. Yeah. Before Jesus. that happens, though, this is a little bit of a funny moment, not the rape part. This is she's going through the museum and she sees something on the floor and she's like, oh, look at these yeah, cute pink so panties cute. on the floor. And then she's like, wait, those are my freaking panties. <laughs> That was funny. It was funny. I was like, wait, and then Blaine so appears, and this yeah. is where you get this is where you get the sense that the Fae really don't have they don't operate on mm-hmm. the same level as they have we no do. respect for hu- humans. At they all. don't have d- morals. morals. They don't have yeah. qualms right. about right or wrong. Right. They just take. they take what they, they want. take because they're powerful. Yes, and it's a very sinister she, scene. Yes, Mac actually breaks it off. Yeah. Because she thinks about Alina. Like, that was, that's how it, she breaks her spell. Because, I mean, the yeah, power that they throw her off around yeah. her. I mean, he was literally right behind her and it, it was about to happen. Yeah. She says, this is, this is another reason why this dual POV with Future Mac and Present Mac is so intriguing because she says, one day I would stop taking off my clothes in Blaine's presence, but the cost of that resistance would be a piece of my soul. And it's like, God, what? Uh... What happens? Mac is pissed. And when Blaine asks what she took from O'Banions, she flashes the spear at him and he vanishes. Yep. He looked afraid and it makes Mac feel really good. She's like, okay, I definitely have this weapon that right. is going to be effective on all levels of fate, even this most powerful one that, you know, has such control over me. Interestingly enough, at the museum, the old woman witnessed all of this and didn't help her. That pissed me off so much. Oh, my God. It pissed like, Mac off, too. And the old woman justifies it by saying, well, I thought you were Priya. And Max like, what the fuck is Priya? What are you like, talking about? And she's just so pissed. She's like crying. That it was embarrassing for her. Yeah, it's she, like, humiliating. All these yes. people like saw her. You know, right? It's just after Blaine vanished. Yeah. So Mac doesn't know the rules, and she's like, "I'm not an O'Connor. Why do you keep saying that?" And the old woman's like, "Well, you are an O'Connor. There's no doubt about that." Yeah. And she's like, "Well, you must be adopted because Max like my mom's normal." But yeah. No. And yeah. she's like, "And no, I'm I'm, I'm not, not adopted." adopted. She's like, fuck off, old woman. So she's back at the bookstore and she's verbally sparring with Barons. And mm-hmm. because he knows she's something's mad. wrong. Yeah, too. she's mad. She's yeah. aggravated at the whole situation. And she's sparring with Barons and she feels like she wants to kiss him, but she blames this on Vlaine's earlier effects. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the, 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 it's the residual effects. effects of, you know, but it's not. <laughs> right. But so Barons wants to train Mac to use her null abilities mm-hmm. with the spear to kill and Seely because that would make her less vulnerable. Right. She, I mean, she doesn't tell him about what happened with Lane, but this is just an obvious progression in her right. training. So one night they go out and they find the gray man and she kills it with a little bit of difficulty. The scene's really <laughs> funny. Barons, it is. It's Barons, funny. Uh, Barons is like... Yeah, you need he's to like, learn look, some lessons. I, he's like, look, I'm I'm gonna I'm right here, and nothing will happen to you, but I want you to go for it first, you know. Yeah, he he like, lets her dangle in a, a uncomfortable <laughs> position for a while. She also does use the word that she heard the old woman say, Priya. She's yeah. like, okay, from context clues, I think I know what this. It means like you're you're like so a like sex a obsessed sex slave, or something. yeah, for yeah. for the fae, right? And so that's how she gets close to the gray man, and she just doesn't know exactly what it means, but she's pretty a pretty smart cooking and mm-hmm. before the gray man dies he insinuates that the lord master killed alina he says something about your sister yeah. or the other she seer yeah, whatever threatening and her so this is you're gonna die just like her and all there's this stuff. always there are always these little hints about some 
what happened to Lena, just little breadcrumbs throughout the right. story. It just keeps it going. But obviously, this first book really focuses on Mac's journey and her discovery, discovery of, of this what other she is. side of her. Right. So Mac ends up calling the hospital where she was born to find out find out anything she can. But there are no records of her or Alina being born at the hospital. Yeah. So she calls her dad to ask. And he doesn't deny, but he doesn't confirm, which, of course, is devastating to her. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine just like your whole world is just being turned upside down just like day after day something new happens for her it was enough to confirm you know yes her dad briefly mentions that someone might have warned them not to let alina or mac travel to ireland but wouldn't say anymore you know there's there's so many clues so many insane and so many like little cryptic things so she finally goes to the alley where alina's body was found when she does she starts sort of searching and looking around the rubble or whatever she finds in a dress carved on the stones with a nail file and knowing her sister had to have left that for her with 1247 LaRue. Right. And after and after the address, it says Junior, which is what Alina called Mac. He, right. She always called Mac Junior. So right. she knows like this is a clue this is meant a clue for, for me. me. She's trying to tell me something. Right. So um, so she goes to the precinct and shows Detective O'Duffy. But of course, you know, because she wants them to open the case. She, she's yeah, like, still hey. hoping like, hey, open the case. My sister's murdered, you know. Um, but he dismisses it because <laughs> um, he's like, there's no street like that in Dublin. There is no LaRue. This is all nothing, you know. It's not new information to O'Duffy. He's like, yeah. we check this out, but it's not. There's yeah, no there's street no name place. here. But they just don't realize it because it's sort of been <laughs> wiped off the map. Yeah. Um. So... Mac recalls that Baron says that people are forgetting whole sections of the city. So she digs up a map that's five years old. Okay. Yes. And she finds the address. Yes. Where is it? It's right smack dab in the middle of the shade territory. Yeah. Ne- the dark zone. It's in the dark zone. The bookstore. Behind BB&B. It's right. like 14 blocks that are just like are no just longer nothing. on current maps. Right. And it's like there's, there's like an illusion or something. Most people don't even see it. Right. You know, it's like just just disappeared to the yeah, human people eye. just gravitate away from it. Yeah. So Maxie's Barons walk through the dark zone one night without flashlights and the shades left him alone. Oh, yeah. This is like red flag to her. She's yes. like, what the fuck are you? Yeah. She's like, I finally had my answer to whether or not I could trust him. That would be a great big knot. Yeah. This is where the turning point of the story really starts. It starts amping up. Yeah. She decides to travel alone to the address. Mm-hmm. And this is where KMM, she does such a good job with the character. I've said it again and again. Mac could so easily be a too stupid to live character. Like, right. why are you making these decisions? Yeah. But future Mac tells us that she's surprised that she even she even survived going into the neighborhood that night. Mm-hmm. And she explains it away in hindsight saying maybe i was numb from so many shocks maybe after everything i'd lost so recently i just didn't care and i can see that like yes, i can totally like, relate to that she you know, finally like, has this clue nobody's fucking listening to her she can't trust this guy because yeah, she's on she's, her own he's something other and won't yeah, tell her what right. and so she's like he's not i'm gonna honest. do this and i'm just gonna go right so and i like this line too this is we start to see this new Mac really taking hold because she's been resistant yeah. to this idea that she's a she seer. She doesn't want this. She does she not doesn't want, want to be a life. part of this world. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want this complication. Like I said, She's, she wants yeah, this she starts life. to wish it away. Right. And she says rainbows need sunshine to exist. And there hadn't been a lot of 
a lot of that in my world lately. Yep. And so this is this is Mac starting to get a little bit harder, a little yes. bit more world weary and not mm-hmm. as optimistic. And she's going to need that. Yeah. She's already changed so much in the last two weeks since she's arrived in Dublin. Now she um, wears dark clothes and she has um, uh, the dark hair, right. short hair, short, no, hair makeup. no makeup. She carries a weapon. Right. It's just so much different. This is Mac 2.0. Yep. So she arrives at the address. It's actually a huge brick house in the middle of like a warehouse district. It basically mm-hmm. sticks out because it's the only like house. Right. So she goes inside, and this is this is a little hint for everyone who's read the entire series. The inside has black and white marble floors, mm-hmm. which I'm gonna go into a little bit spoiler details at the end of this for the whole time for the whole series, and just like harp on how amazing KMM is with leaving <laughs> these breadcrumbs. So she goes into one of the upstairs bedrooms. She finds Alina's photo albums, and she sees the transformation of her sister and the man she's in love with. Like she sees like the timeline whenever Alina is just taking pictures around Dublin. And then all of a sudden four months in, she starts changing and she's like, she looks like she's in love. She's looking at the person who's taking this picture and she looks different. And she sees a picture of the man and she's like, he is beautiful. Mm -hmm. He has waist length copper hair. He's tall. He's insanely attractive. And he has this scar from his cheekbone to his mouth. Mm -hmm. And she's like, this is insane how nobody could really tell me, give me a description of who this guy is. Mm -hmm. And Whenever you look at him, it's like who would who not? Would not who would miss him? Yes, and so how could you not? Like, <laughs> I mean, something, something. Remember going down. this guy? Yeah. So she has this, but then she she feels this pull towards the back of the house, like she's mm-hmm. feeling this like nauseous feeling. Which this was so interesting. Whenever she's first walking through the dark zone, and she hasn't yet found bb and b like mm-hmm. at the beginning of the book she feels nauseous and she thinks it's because she's nervous about being lost and she's like where am i she right. literally passed by this house in the beginning yes. of the book yeah she was feeling nauseous she passed by this place because whenever she goes back behind the house and goes into this warehouse she um sees this dolmen like these megaliths and she's like mm-hmm. how the fuck did this get here yeah and unseely unseely are pouring out and a cloaked figure is opening and closing the portal and letting them into the world. So this is like a big deal. She passed by this place where all these and Celia were just pouring in. It's so insane that she was there already. It was right under her nose. The answer to her questions is right there. So chaos ensues after. Mac is spied, spotted by Mal- Malice, Malachi, whatever his name is. Um, Luce, Luce, how Malaka. the fuck you say it? Malaka. We don't know. <laughs> the, the vampire. vampire. Jinx. Oh my god, stop. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been missing from the public eye for a while. He sort of disappeared and fell yeah. off the radar, right? Mac I mean Barons like to keep track of all the players. Right. And he, and he said that. he's been yeah, he's been missing and somebody somebody powerful has told him to come hither and he's yeah. he's disappeared. So she reacts quickly and touches every unsealing within her range, you know, nulling them, you know. Yeah, with she her, just reacts on instinct. Her freeze capabilities. Right. And Vampire tells the Lord Master that Mac is another null. And Mac asks if they knew Alina. Yeah, that's her gut reaction. She's like, wait, you knew Alina, like another null that has to be Alina. 
Yeah. And so she reveals that she's Alina's sister and the Lord Master said that he knew she would come and that they are going to use her to finish what her sister began. So amidst all this mayhem, Barons drops down from the ceiling, a super, super high ceiling, by the way. Yeah. Everyone's like looking up like, where the fuck did you come like, from? Did you just fall from the sky? What yeah. the hell just happened? And um, <laughs> the Lord Master is Alina's boyfriend. Okay. And he isn't registering as Faye, Yeah. Though. Mac is He's like, not registering. Mac is like, what the fuck? The leader yeah. of this army isn't Her even like what's going on something is wrong yeah something's going on so um but he leaves when barons arrives and sends his cronies to deal with him like he just vanishes yeah okay and so mac and barons are there fighting off the unsealing and she said i could feel myself turning into something else and it felt good at one point i caught sight of baron's startled face and i knew that if he was looking at me like that i was truly something to see yeah because this this is where she's breaking yes this is is my scene. scene yes where she's you know this is truly Mac 2.0 being yes. badass, fighting them off, using, you know. This is just a little glimpse into the of what she's going to become. Of future right, Mac. Exactly. The badass that she's going to become. Yes. So she stabs Malice, but he doesn't die like the Sealy. He pushes Mac so hard because he has superhuman strength. Like he yeah. backhands her so hard she flies across the room and yeah, she's a like bunch really of hurt. She probably she's has very a concussion. Hurt. Yeah. And- yeah, and he 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 knocks her enough. Like even later, Baron's just like, "I thought he broke your cheekbone." Yeah, you know, like he really hit her. Hard. Well, he broke a lot of shit. He did we'll find he that did. out. But um, <laughs> um, so uh, but when he does this, Baron screams out, "Mac!" You know, <gasps> which is so amazing because he normally is he very formal and calls her Miss only Lane. Only calls her Miss Lane. And I think that's also a barrier keeping her as a Miss oh, Lane. Oh, definitely. But when he calls her Mac, you know, it's it, Baron's. <laughs> gets into a fight with malice a vampire dude and like knocks him across the room knocks the shit out of him um he hurry and takes mac back to uh the bookstore and speaks over in what sounds like some sort of dead language and she she thinks he kissed her yeah because she has this concussion she's not coherent yeah she's kind of sort of in and and out out. uh, in and out of consciousness right um but she feels like his whispering words and like mm-hmm. his lips are close. And she's yeah. like, it wasn't like any kiss I'd ever felt before. Like, ah, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we don't. No, you don't right. even know, Mac. You don't no. even know what's in store. But, <laughs> but he will. I know. So, uh, so she, when she wakes, Baron has c- kind of comes out of it, right? Yes. Baron's has patched her up. She has broken ribs, fingers. Um, yes. Uh, he, it, it ends, but this is the scene where it ends with Baron's painting her nails. For her, yes, I love the it. They're on the roof. She wants to yeah. just be out and about, like, like in, the in the fresh air. Fresh air, and yeah. she needs she needs a manicure and a pedicure. And Barons is kind of helping her out with that. And I he, love he's it. Painting them pink. And then so I like cute. how she uh, come out of left field while Barons is like painting her nails. She comes out of left field, and then she's like, "What are you?" Yes, like so. What she's are thinking you? back to yeah, that you, fight. Like you, you should have broken both legs. You jumped down from the roof. You yeah. threw the vampire with su- superhuman strength, and he, he goes, was like, "No, he just like he just he's like I'm strong. You want to see my muscles? Yeah." <laughs> and he's being very playful he's in the scene, like, and he's deflecting. And he's deflecting. Yeah, but I do love I do love that part. Yeah, and he says, "We all have our gifts. You're mm-hmm. a null, and I am other things." Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. What I'm not is your enemy. He's ve- he drives us home every single yeah, time. Like, every I, single he's time, like, I took care of you. I every you. single time, Mac is stubborn, does mm-hmm. not want to play her cards or show right. her hand. He always says, "Like I'm on your side. I'm on your side." Right. But Mac, she wants proof, which I don't right. blame her. Yeah. So yeah. As this scene is taking place, Mac is suddenly hit with like intense pain. 
nausea, like everything all at once yes. in her head. And she throws up and passes out like immediately. Yeah. Like, like it's blacks. like, right. Blacks out. Um, and when she comes to <laughs> come to find out the dark book had just passed by very close to the bookstore. And that yes. was what caused that reaction. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I love her response, her response to like, this is so powerful. This is beyond any yeah. of the other objects like, of power could that have been. Handle this? How could anybody yes. even? And she asked Barons, "Are there other she seers out, out there? there?" She's like, "Because a war is coming." Yeah. So that's how book one ends. ends. Yeah. That's how book yeah. one ends. So it's it's very much an introduction into this series, and it's very much priming Mac to be a player in this world. Right. And it's just so amazing going back to this book. So I want to give a few warnings out for people who don't want to be spoiled for the entire series because I feel like it's just, it's so amazing to look back and see. I want to explain Mm -hmm. the hints in here. So if you don't want to be spoiled for the entire series, (laughs) don't listen to this next point. Yeah. (laughs) So a few spoilers for the whole series. KMM planned the first five books in the series extremely well the lord master the one who is oh. alina's boyfriend yes he you see him in the highlander books he is Darok from the immortal highlander mm-hmm. he's a villain in that book that's adam black's book yes and he is a seely a fallen fae who is stripped of his powers by avil for planning to use right. the hunters which are uh, she see her killers yeah. against her. And that's why he doesn't register on Max. Right. It's because radar. he's no longer he a doesn't fae. Have those, right. He's but he was a fae and that's why the Unseelie follow him. Right. So yeah. And he's trying to he's trying to make his way back to heaven. Almost right. like a Lucifer figure, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. trying to make his way it's back. Like a fallen angel yeah. trying to get back. The address, the house, the one two four seven LaRue house is the Unseely King's house for his concubine. The black and white <laughs> floors, the mirrors, yep. they're all there in book one. And we don't even get this until later books. Until it's, much it's later. Amazing. I know. It's amazing. It's crazy. I'm like, oh my God, Mac was in this fucking house. Yeah. And Mac has so many connections to this house. Um, the mural on the ceiling of BB&B, mm-hmm. there is, we find out later, actually, I think it's in the later books, which I don't like particularly care for like mac and barons are on that mural on the ceiling but we don't even get that until way later way later yeah max i mentioned before that max <laughs> stashes the flashlights around bbnb this ultimately saves her in yes. the next couple books because fiona who is extremely jealous. jealous that Bitch. she's threatened <laughs> she's she's threatened by this young person who mm-hmm. barons has this interest in she mm-hmm. turns off all the exterior and interior lights and whenever mac comes out of her room it's just darkness right thank god mac has stashed and shade, and so yeah, she like shade gets yeah she makes close. her michaelo and she has like lights oh yeah all that's when we her. get the michaelo i love that yes okay so this whole priya thing <laughs> this is hints we got hints and this is about this is that line where Max says that it cost a piece of her soul to yeah. be able to resist Flane because this is hints that Mac will become Priya and that's that's her journey back from Priya. That's what's going to cost her a piece of her soul. Flane right. shows his true colors in this book because he is Cruz. He's not Vlaine at all. He is no. Cruz. No. He has the cuff of Cruz. He offers this to Mac in book one. It is amazing. And he's just masquerading as this, this the light Seelie. And no one's there to contradict him. He just assumed the form of Vlaine like hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Evil, evil, and evil. And he definitely would have raped her in the museum. 
the way that he oh, actually yeah. eventually rapes her in Dream Fever. Yeah, he eventually does. I mean, she just yeah. she escaped with her own, you know. Well, like, Danny, Danny O'Malley is the one that uh Oh no, I mean, I mean in this book. You know, oh she yeah, she escapes. escapes. She barely escapes. And um yeah, that's actually Vlaine after Vlaine Cruz after in you can see a personality change in him from this book and the next book. Mm-hmm. In the next book, he changes his strategy to try and seduce her instead of um, – because obviously her resistance is like more – it's more than he expected from right, her. Right, right. He's and like, so how he's, is she not just – Yeah, so <laughs> we get we get these really mixed signals from Vlaine. I actually really liked him before I found no, out that Before we discovered gross. that he was like worse than the devil, yeah. Yes, I was like, I really liked Vlaine. I was like, <laughs> Me I too. don't know. When I don't I know. I was like, series. I honestly would mind her being with Vlaine while I'm in there. I'm like, oh I love God. Barons. No one could beat Barons. But while I'm reading the series initially, I was but like, Vlaine's not so bad. That just goes to show you how good Monning was in creating Fuck. this like seductive yeah. character. Well, let's go to Barons. Barons is mystery man, and he's the one that just propelled me through the series because i'm like what is is barons what is he yeah well there's hints about voice he never sleeps mac mentions this in this book how he's Mm -hmm. such a night owl because he does not need to sleep at all (laughs) the shades are afraid of him and there's a reason why he is like a he's killed Faye before like Faye are afraid of him Mm because he is something other he can jump to rooftops from the street (laughs) He tells Mac in this book, some things can't be killed. And yeah, <laughs> that would be you. Yep. Barons is this, he had this curse placed upon him. And he he turns into this like monster. This, this giant beast. tiger monster It's thing. just like this thing. Yeah. And oh my God, he's like a killing machine. And he literally cannot be killed. Well, he can be killed, but he like regenerates. It's yeah, amazing. he can be killed. Yeah, him and his buds. But he can't later. actually die, die. Right. Not permanently. He also mentions that he has three underground levels beneath his garage where he keeps all of his cars. Yeah. And this holds not only the photocopies that we see in book one, but also Barons' son. Yeah. Yeah, because Mac was like, he has like three levels. He has three levels and he gets all tense Yeah, and when he's she like, stop going in this direction. Yeah. Like, I'm not. So Barons wants the book for his son. This is the whole reason why. This is yeah. why he wants a dark book. His son also has the curse, but he can't control it like the rest of the adults can. Right. And he wants to be able to like help r- him. Like lay his son down mm-hmm. in peace. Mm-hmm. So that's why he wants it. Okay. Another big one. The old woman, her name is Rowena. She's evil <laughs> as fuck. Be She's fucking evil. God. This whole time in this book. She knows who Mac yeah, is. She She's does. playing fucking dumb. She doesn't help Mac because she actually hopes she will die. Yeah. Like the whole time with Lane, she's her real I know, reason she's for really not helping. Her. Oh yeah, I hope he she's does, like, like I hope you know. I hope you get out because yeah, I don't want my plans revealed. She knows. Such a um, bitch. She knows who Mac Annalena's mother is. Like she acts like she doesn't know. Like right. oh, you must be an O'Connor. She knows exactly who mm-hmm. her mother is. Patrona. She's from the Patrona line. Yeah, and. Rowena is the real reason why Alina is dead. Not a Faye. It's right. well, technically a technically, Faye was used, right, but was it used. was Rowena. It was Rowena's plan. She wanted to kill Alina. God, it's like so good. It's so complex. So this complex. Plot. Okay. <laughs> um, our vampire dude, Malice. Um, <laughs> whenever Max stabs him with the um spear he doesn't die but he will show up in later books and you'll see him his flesh is kind of being like eaten away Mm -hmm. and the reason why he doesn't die but he's kind of decaying is because he's actually eating he's like 
cannibalizing the unseelie exactly. to gain that superhuman strength. He's yeah. not well, a we're vampire. Gonna, we're going to find out that others are doing the same thing. Right. And this is something stories. that Mac herself will use yes. in the future because yes. she doesn't, she wants to be a player, a powerful player. Mm-hmm. She wants to have this extra strength. And so, yeah. I mean, this is like some really cool shit that happens. I'm oh, yeah. just there's like so, so much laid out so here amazed. that we don't even get until later. She yeah. had these books planned out so intricately. It's it's honestly mind blowing. Really awesome. Mind blowing. So that yes. is why we love Dark Fever so much is because this book is insanely well written. Yeah. And I just love KMM. She's a, an amazing storyteller. And Mac and Baron's journey is one of the most complicated and heart pounding journeys I have ever read. Yep. Same here. It just pulls you in. And we're one of the few people who actually loved Iced. I don't think she planned ahead of time to continue the series, but it was so well written, so well received that she wants to continue. She had these characters that she could continue with. Right, with Danny. But she kind of fumbled a little bit. We loved Ice. Some mm-hmm. people were very offended by Ice. And then after that, KMM kind of lost her direction yeah. and went back on some of the canon, which I don't like what our people retract we, canon. Yeah. So that's why too. we don't care for the next couple yeah. books. <laughs> so we just consider the first five. The first five. <laughs> and it has a complete and satisfactory It does arc. for Mac and you don't need. Yeah. You don't need the rest of the books. But, Agreed. Yeah. So that is that is our episode on Dark Beaver. Yeah. Well, we hope you that you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to the next one where we'll be discussing Beard Science by Penny Reed. Oh, I'm so ready. <laughs> <laughs> so ready for this Me one too. so much. Thanks so much for listening. This goes out to all the fangirls. Life's better with a little H-E-A. 